All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Our Denver Broncos podcast. I'm Aaron. Uh, that's Uppercut, like always. Sleepy. Sleepy and really close to the mic, it sounds like. Tonight, we're joined by Luke at LukeCSU2013 on Twitter. Luke, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for the invite. We are glad to have you. All right, yeah, let's I'm jump. Just... <laughs> We're gonna start slow. <laughs> hey, I'm just, hey. just gonna do it. There is a there is a vibe, and um, it is palpable. <laughs> uh, it is what it is, right? Well, look, we're coming off of a loss, and it was a pretty. I don't know. It. it I want to say it was a complex loss, but it really wasn't. I really don't think it was. Broncos lost 16-14 to the Tennessee Titans on Monday night. By the way, just a little aside, not only did the Broncos lose, every other team in the AFC West won. Nice. So, super. Great start. Great start. Yeah, Luke, just just give us uh, kind of your gut reaction to Monday night. I mean, where, where are you at? Are you uh, uppercut? And I, uh, along with Indy, did a post-game show right after the game, which was dumb because it was late. That was stupid. Yeah, two um, in the morning. But we, <laughs> we weren't feeling so great. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty much the same way I felt. I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't felt great since uh, Von Miller's ankle decided to go rogue on the team. Um, but, you know, I, I went on Monday with a little bit of uh, optimism. And then it, it kind of remained for, you know, I'm like, I started seeing Noah Fant do some awesome things. And I was like, okay, Pat Shermer's got a little bit more than Skangarella. All right. And then the defense was holding Derrick Henry. And then, I don't know. I just feel, I came out of halftime still excited. And then, I don't know, I started getting that weird gut feeling that uh, I think Broncos country is a little too familiar with where something's just not adding up right. And then when, uh, Obviously, I was laughing my laughing my ass off at, at Goskowski, but uh, like probably you know the rest of the country was. But then when it started coming down to the end, I was like, "This is deja vu." And when deja vu happened, I was like, "Well, it's gonna be a long few months." Um, <laughs> uh, I was like, "You know what? 2020 would end up with the Broncos maybe being absolutely disappointing." But you gotta be realistic. <laughs> You gotta be realistic. I have so many friends that are like, "Oh, the Broncos are gonna go like that." We're that we're so pumped that the Broncos are gonna go like eleven wins, twelve wins, and I I never had that expectation. Now I just don't even know if we're gonna be good enough to be that like extra wild card team that the NFL has now. So, I don't know. I'm a little frustrated. Yeah, uh, I I think we're. I think I'm pretty much with you. Um, I don't know exactly where Uppercut is sitting right now. I think. It's if I had to guess, it would be a little bit more pessimistic than I am, a little less hopeful. Oh, they get one game until I'm calling for tank. <laughs> one more game. If the, if this next game is horrible, I'm, I'm, I'm just insufferable amount of tank posting. Tank for Trevor Lawrence? Just just in general. Okay, fair enough. Oh, yeah, I'm... For whatever, just for the value of a higher draft pick. Yeah, that's fair, man. After starting zero and four last year, zero and two this year, yeah, it'd be pretty much game over. Well, it would be it would be the ways they did it. I don't. I wouldn't mind a loss. 
if it was a good loss, if it was a respectable and valiant loss, but if it was a loss because the coach forgot to call timeouts, <laughs> or if it was a loss because the the sophomore QB for some reason keeps throwing with weird feet and missing wide open guys that would have gotten you more yardage than the guys that you actually threw to who were in hella coverage. I just I don't want to lose looking like scrubs. I, I would I would like to lose knowing that a team decisively defeated the Broncos. Can't disagree with that. I mean it's like uh yeah, I don't know. I I I'm with you. I just I just I I I walked out of that thinking that there's very little hope. So trying to think about other things to look at to provide hope throughout the season is my plan for the rest of the year. Well, how how do you think do you think we might be being short-sighted and myopic to an extent? Could could the next like 3 games be bad but they effectively take the place of the preseason games and rhythm starts to pick up and things start to be ironed out in a way that's significant enough? to make the team look like a new team. Uh, it's possible. I do. I, do you think the pieces not, that the team has could, could be built towards that? Yeah, I do. I do, especially on offense. Cause the offense is so young, right? I think they kept saying on the broadcast that the average age is like 25. So I think if that keeps improving and drew lock keeps improving, then that would definitely provide optimism. Um, the defense, I don't know. I'm more worried about the defense, to be 100% honest, because you went from having one of the most expensive defenses in the league to having your $18 million outside linebacker on IR for probably for the rest of the season and your $13 million newly acquired cornerback sitting on short-term IR because his shoulder popped out on the sidelines. So, uh, And then you have a bunch of no, – no diss to Ojemudier or Bosby or no, Asang Bassi, but – uh, I watch college football, and let's just say those guys weren't the the ones that ESPN led off their broadcasts with. I mean, I'll fight you over uh, a saying Bassey, but the others I kind of agree with. Ojemudia had a had a night. Um, I don't think it's the like the dethroning kind of night that some I've seen some uh, some celebration about, but he had a night. Um, but I really like a saying Bassey. That's just my draft crush. Shut up and talk bad about him. Oh no, I, I think he's a dog, right? I think he he had that awesome hit on Derrick Henry that brought him down. I mean, I I see a, he wears that thirty four, so it's I see a little bit of that Will Park style player in him. So I mean, I think once he, I mean, he's a rookie, first game in the NFL. So I think he, I think he could become something pretty solid. I just when he's your when he's your nickel cornerback potentially, that's not maybe not ideal. Uh, Ojemudia and Bassey did both rank in PFF's top five rookie quarterback uh, cornerbacks for the weekend. Um, can can you tell me what a sixty-eight means? I have no idea the value of a PFF number. I'm not sure, but top five at the position in their class is there's there's so many little like top five rookie cornerback like. That doesn't sound like a an elite squad to me immediately. That's cool. I, I, I didn't say they were elite, so 
I feel like then, then why present the information as if it was a counter to the pessimism we had? I'm I'm saying that it's something. It's it's not. Um, I, they didn't look bad to me watching that game. <clears throat> I didn't feel doomed to be missing out on uh, AJ Bouye for uh, I don't know two or three weeks. I I'm pleasantly surprised with their play because I expected it to be much worse. Hmm. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I think they're going to be good, but like if, if Bouye, let's say Bouye is out for two, three, well, at least three weeks right now because this IR. Well, okay. I mean, though, it seems like Juju Smith-Schuster's hurt, you know, it hurt a little bit for Pittsburgh, but can you imagine going against the, I know they had a really bad game against the Saints. Um, can you imagine going against uh, Godwin, Mike Evans, and Gronk with Ojemudie, Bassey, Bosby, and Callahan? I mean, that sounds terrifying. Not great. Um, <laughs> Not ideal. Right. I, I mean, I won't argue that. But hey, yeah. it was weird. Yeah, no. <laughs> And I think I can't tell how much it's 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 Aaron's genuine thing and or Aaron like trying desperately not to be the most depressing fucking thing. Well, and no offense to the guys at Pro Football Focus, but I feel like sometimes if you guys ever watch that show, whose line isn't anyway? The rules are made up and the points don't matter. And I feel like that's kind of how sometimes when I see Pro Football Focus, I'm like, where did they make that up? But then again, like you said, what's a 68? I don't know what a 68 is. But hey, I'm okay if we want to be positive. I'm just worried about the secondary. <laughs> All right, yeah, sure. Let's be positive. Aaron, be positive. Um, at me. Noah Fant, five receptions, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. Unfortunately, they just forgot he existed in the second half and didn't throw at him once. Wait, um, is that is that a product of him not being schemed that way, or is that a product of the Titans? noticing what he was doing and taking him out that's a good question that i don't have an answer to hey according to vic fangio at the end of, at the post-game press conference it was because of all the three and outs that's literally what he said and i just kind of rolled wow. my eyes at that <laughs> yeah yeah fangio's relationship with uh with a microphone it would be funny it would be funny if i was a different team <laughs> fair enough no, I was pumped about Noah Fant. I was really pumped. I mean, it's hard not to see Noah Fant play and think about that Kansas City game last year where it was, like, drop after drop and this after that. But, like, he obviously had a good second half of the season last year. But I was pumped about Noah Fant. I'm really pumped about Noah Fant. I just – I don't know why he wasn't they, – didn't they uh, – I feel like they George Kittled him. Like when George Kittle had that epic first half against us last season, and then they didn't throw to him the rest of the game to break the single game tight end record, they George Kittled Noah Fant by going off for a touchdown and six five six receptions, almost a hundred yards, but nothing in the second half. And I was very confused by that. Hmm. Yeah, I think this will be this. This is good. This is a good sign for Noah Fant and for the offense in general, especially when Cortland Sutton gets back. Um, he'll have two targets that he was familiar with last year or comfortable with last year, though he did spread the ball out. I think it was like six, seven, eight receivers or people. Who, yeah. The number of receivers, he spread it out to like 10 different people caught balls from, from lock this, this last game when Sutton's back Fant and Sutton are going to be a much better duo for them. Cause you can't take 
both of them away as easily as you could just take away Fant alone in a game. Um, Garrett Bowles didn't get a penalty. I thought that was awesome. I was loving that. Was there was some pressures that nobody seems to want to talk about that he gave up, at least in the first half. But you know, Locke didn't get thrown down as much as he could have been. And I thought Cushenberry was pretty good at center. I know that some people saw those, you know, weird center to QB center exchanges, but I kind of felt like one of them was definitely Locke's fault when he pulled out a little early. So I was impressed by Cushenberry, and I think that's good to have that. Him and Glasgow and Reisner in the middle, I'm down with that. Well, uh, the delay on All-22 film getting out has severely hindered my ability to log on to certain people's Twitter accounts and check what they had to say about Cushenberry. So I don't have an opinion about Cushenberry's play yet. But I wasn't paying attention to Cushenberry. <laughs> you tell me you weren't watching the center? That's the, you didn't just watch the center the entire game? I remember on the play that Butt, the shovel pass to Butt, that <laughs> Cushenberry was just kind of not doing anything that he should have been doing. Um, which, you know, it happens, especially rookies. But well, uh, and that's my this... memory of Cushenberry in that game. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Was the uh, fourth down shovel pass that the guy that stopped Butt first was the guy that Cushenberry didn't block. Okay, fair enough. All right, all right, all right. I was, I was positive about it, but I guess well, there not. There were so many other snaps. I, I, I'm picking one. Fair enough. And I, I'm a big AJ Johnson, Alexander Johnson guy. So I think he, I, I love what he does. His T-Rex Raptor thing's a little weird, but whatever. His the unnecessary roughness call was kind of lame that he kinda. got. Is that was, the true? Is that how you feel in your heart? Is it kinda? Is that the uh, adjective you want to use? No, it was absolutely fucking terrible because, I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it obviously was such a BS call. ESPN didn't even show the replay. They never showed the play that he got the flag on. He deserved mm-hmm. it. <laughs> he deserved the flag. Is that, what you, is that your, your contribution, Chris? Does he deserve the flag for knocking over Derrick Henry? Jed, you've seen the play, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was unwarranted. There was no reason to do it. Get, get out of here, Chris. Okay, knocking over Derrick Henry versus like knocking over Darren Sproles. You know what I mean? Like, it, or someone like a like the size of a Darren Sproles, right? Or uh, knocking over Derrick Henry. That's like knocking over another defensive end. Whatever. Derrick Henry can get up and be just fine. <laughs> but I guess it was it warranted. No. But did it deserve a flag? No. But everything else, well, I think it, that he it, does it, is legit. It, I couldn't see. We all got that one angle um, much later on that usually people recorded on their phones for some reason. But if you're going up to block somebody because you think a running play is about to happen, like if a cornerback or, or anybody goes up to block somebody else out on the uh, uh, I'm losing words, they're leaving me. I watch them fly out. Uh, if you go to block somebody like that and they're not expecting it, like I think the natural response is going to be to fall over. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean I feel I like, I feel like that blocking is a pivotal part of football and sometimes you should be paying attention. So you're saying a contact sport's going to have contact, right? I think that's probably a pretty like agreeable statement. I agree too. Chris. Melvin Gordon had a nice game. 
he had an, a nice game. Yes. I, I know say? you don't want to say that, but if you ignore the one thing that led to the Tennessee getting into a touchdown, yes, he it, he had like what was it like? It was four plus yards per carry, right? Um, I don't know the yards per carry. It was seventy eight yards on fifteen carries. So go ahead and do that math. No, uh, and he was also uh, a decent as he has been in the past, a decent uh, pass protector. So that's all good. I was really, uh, I was, I'm very upset about Lindsay going down. Cause I was really excited for the, some of the stuff he showed in the first half. Um, he was the only one capable of getting penetration up the middle. And he also had a really nice uh, catch. I think it was in the red zone at one point and zoomed in to get, uh, get the, get the team pretty close. Very happy with that. Uh, with that, very sad that he's got turf toe. I also wasn't. Ooh, just a second, uh, Chris. Update of five point two yards per carry for Gordon. Ooh, that's it. That was the end of the update. Uh, one positive that I also noticed was Josie Jewel was a total liability. I mean, he uh, he was. I think he did okay, kind of being that second middle inside linebacker with Alexander Johnson, and he had that one sweet tackle behind the line, uh, tackle for loss on Derek Edring. So I was pleasantly surprised about Josie Jewell. He yeah. had the one tackle, the, the one thing that I said I wanted to see in last week's preview episode, uh, I got to see. So that was a tiny little win for me. I bring the first major update of the game. Randy Bullock scored a field goal for the Bengals. It is 3-0. Um, Josie, he did fine. Uh, he certainly did better than his debut last year. He's still slow as fuck. Uh, th there were a couple times where him not being able to go... <clears throat> him not being able to go... Um, like bounce outside with Derrick Henry to any kind of reasonable extent led Derrick Henry getting some gains that he he had no business getting. I'm still upset that Todd Davis isn't on the team because Todd Davis would have stopped some of those and probably would have done the job generally better, and he was off the books next year anyway. I'm still real salty about Josie Jewell being a starter for some reason. Well, I don't think that's the plan when the when you sign Mark Barron, but Mark Barron's not. His ham, Mark Barron's hamstring has a different plan. A lot of people's bones seem to have a different plan this year. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yes, it does. And I don't know, maybe, ju maybe Justin Simmons' brain has a different plan this year. He was kind of bad. Uh, I saw a lot of, oh, so that's why Elway didn't sign into a long-term contract on social Ugh. media. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, again, it's a local take. I'll, I'm fine with it. If that's your long-term take or if you just want to, ride those Elway coattails as far as you can. That's gross. Um, but yeah, he bit on the play action. A couple times. A couple times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as as much as people want to repeat that the Titans got to the um, AFC game last year, Corey Davis should not be a threat. No, I mean... If he gets a second contract with the Titans, he should think the Denver Broncos. That's that's. that's. <laughs> I mean, that I the dude was a, a killer. Dude rocked it at Western Michigan, and then has done nothing for 
his first four years in the league and then had this awesome game against us. And now he got over 100 yards. They didn't pick up his fifth year. Right. And the same thing. With, he and Bowles are in the same draft, right? That 2013? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. I, I can't do math very fast. Um, but 2017. 27. That's right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, uh, he had a hell of a game, which I don't think anybody's ever put together in a sentence that Corey Davis had a hell of a game before. <laughs> what do you guys make of Jerry Judy? I saw him drop two balls, just like he dropped balls at Alabama. But he did also turn on, as we saw, Aaron, that one uh, that one commentator said, not on a dime, but on a nickel, which is yeah. interesting because nickels are bigger than dimes. <laughs> That's fair. I when you when you forget the two drops, which is hard to do, I I can't help but be amazed by what Jerry Judy was. Jerry Judy does. Um, like I said, I watch way too much college football in addition to the NFL, so I still have to like. It's still kind of cool to think that Jerry Judy's a Bronco, but I think he had. The, you saw the potential. You mm-hmm. saw the. You that, saw the, that one run where he did legitimately turn on a nickel. Yes. And yes. and ran up field uh, against his his old sparring buddy uh, Fulton. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's SEC right there. That was SEC for three years right there, but like. If he had caught his second drop, I almost feel like he could have taken that into the touch into the end zone. And then there's so now you're up by eight point eight potentially eight points because you had that one point lead at that point too. So no, Jerry Judy's legit. I, did you hear his uh, his quote a couple of days ago that someone asked him what is he going to remember about his t- first game in the NFL twenty years later? Is the drops? Is the drops? So I I appreciate the accountability. All right, yeah, I'm not to, not to disparage him completely. Um, like like I said, his drops aren't like new, uh, right. and if if they think they can work them out, because Sutton had that issue to an extent his first in his rookie year, Vance uh, had that. Hmm. Um. But yeah, his potential is real high, and so it was exciting to see a such a dynamic and shifty player. Uh, on a team that really hasn't had that, considering all the Sanders injuries we've had to deal with. Sanders injuries and then the trade. Um, we really haven't had a receiver that could do that for a long time. Yeah, no, I agree, 100%. Judy went for four catches for 56 yards. The only two Broncos rookie receivers who've had better stats in their first games were Eddie Royal and Demarius Thomas. Hey, quick question about those yards. Do you know what a question I'm about to ask? Yeah, you're going to ask how many were on that meaningless play at the end of the half. How many were on the padded stat throw? (laughs) Um, I actually don't have that answer for you. Do you? No, I'm just wondering. It feels like a question that would be worth asking and then telling me. Nah. Uh, Because it was a lot. Chris is saying 21 yards. (laughs) I'll buy it. So what, you take that one away and it's three three catches for 35 yards? So I'm not certain that we should take it away. I just like pointing it out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, statistically, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs had a very similar debut. And I I, I was curious about comparing the two 
after their first games because both of those receivers were connected to the Broncos in pre-draft rumors and pre-draft mocks and all that stuff. So very comparable to Jerry, to to Ruggs. So I mean, it's just like like the stats said. I mean, top three rookie debut for a wide receiver. I, I down if he's a little bit DT than Eddie Royal, but you know, uh, uh, career wise and longevity wise. But I mean, I, I like I said, I, I might be a little bit on the the Kool Aid with Jerry Judy, I will admit. All right, Aaron, why don't you pivot us? Hold on, bear with me one second. I'm trying to look up uh, Aaron, I'm looking up Rugs and Lamb's stats. Aaron, don't do Lamb to me. I think Ruggs had like three or four catches for 50-something yards, 55. Yeah, so Henry Ruggs went three catches for 55 yards. Uh, one of those was 45 yards. Right, there was that deep ball crossing route from, yeah, there was that. That seems to be par for the course for his college career, no? <laughs> yeah. He'd get like three, two or three throws at or catches a game, but they'd be go for like 140 yards. Uh, are you ready for CD Lamb? Please, there, just rip the bandage off. Uh, six targets, five receptions, fifty-nine yards. Oh, how many drops? Oh, yeah. Uh, this does not list drops, but he had one one incompletion in his mm. direction. Okay, well, we'll just see. We'll see who flourishes throughout the year. We'll see. Well, and yeah, no offense. Are, are you a big CD Lamb person? I was, I was, I was sold CD Lamb by somebody smarter than me. Gotcha. I all I remember from that game watching that was he had that one third down play where it something it seems like he cut his route off a little short and ended up being short on the third down. And I think mm. Dallas had to punt. But I, so, but obviously, I mean that's. That's a game IQ, learn learn as you go kind of a thing. But I don't know. I wasn't quite on the CD Lamb train as maybe you were. Aaron, Aaron Pivot. Oh. Um, I want to talk about Vic Fangio and those timeouts <laughs> that he didn't call. And what do you do to fix that? I mean, do you just cross your fingers and hope that Vic learns to call timeouts when he's supposed to. Yes. I mean, I gonna, what what else would you do? <laughs> he's gonna be really disappointed when he gets to Pittsburgh and we only have three timeouts and not five in the first half. <laughs> well, mean, that, what what the, else? The like he can have assistants kind of like monitor and tap him on the shoulder or something. I don't know what else you can do though. That's exactly what what I was getting at. Uh, back back in the day under Mike Shanahan. Uh, Gary Kubiak and offensive line coach Alex Gibbs were actually uh, the guys who I don't know if they would actually call the timeout, but they would be the ones who would keep an eye uh, on the game clock and on the, you know, down and distance situation and whatever else. Um, and they would hold Mike Shanahan accountable and say, hey, Mike, we need to take a timeout here. Do it. And I totally agree that he needs to do that. I just don't think Fangio trusts anybody on the staff right now to do that. And that's a shame because you're sitting here with two former head coaches on this staff and Ed Donatel, who has been in the league forever. I, I, oh, I agree 100% that and, and Donatel and Fangio go way back. So you would think that like 
Donatel could go over the headset and be like, yo, Vic, you need to call this timeout. But I don't think right. Vic trusts anybody. I, I don't get the sense that Vic is, uh, <laughs> Vic has a lot of, he does has a lot of people outside of his immediate family or immediate f- group that he would trust with that kind of a thing. Speaking of trust, Nick Chubb just trusted Janovich to get him a block to for a touchdown. It's now seven three Browns. Forgot that Janovich was on the Cleveland Browns now. That's right. It's interesting that. Andrew Beck is still on the team <laughs> and doing stuff. Was, no, 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 Shermer, we're never going to do anything other than 11 personnel or, or 21 personnel or whatever ever, ever again. No, we need Andrew Beck to be the fullback. That's what we really need. Interesting. This podcast is tonally bleak. <laughs> it, is pretty, it is pretty negative for the first week, but it's hard not to be negative after the first week because I... I don't know. I, I think as, you know, as back to what we were talking about, as rough as Simmons was, and as rough as a couple things were here or there, and Drew Locke built off the back foot stuff. I think this coaching thing is a big deal. Not like and Fangio. I'm not like fire. I'm not on the fire Fangio bandwagon right now, but I'm on the oh crap. I think Vic Fangio is on the trajectory to be one of those coordinators that didn't translate well to a head coach like a Wade Phillips, like a North Turner, like even a Pat Shermer, you could argue. So I am very, very, very nervous about Fangio as a bona fide coach for a while. And that's the thing, right? You can't have, uh, as a Bronco, or as the team, you can't have Fangio defensive coordinator without Fangio head coach at this point. You can't just say, hey, Vic, you want to take a demotion and we'll put Mike Munchak as head coach? No, you can't. That's not, that's never going to happen. So um, if he keeps if he if he's able to like duct tape himself uh, a respectable defense out of all of these uh, rookies and hurt pieces, you go like, can we afford to lose Vic Fangio even if his head coaching chops never materialize? Yeah, because you can find a good defensive coordinator. I think I, I'll be yeah with, under you that scenario. So? I still think you could find. I think you have to have the CEO head coach. I, I just. I mean, I don't know. I, I if Fangio's gonna get so wrapped up in the defense, we're and and get preoccupied like he said he is, and that's I, I think that's gonna that could be at the Broncos in the ass so many more times down the road. And a part of me thinks it already did, like in last year's games against Chicago and Jacksonville, when we couldn't when we blew a lead on a last second defensive drive. I wonder how much Donatel has, like, what say and autonomy Donatel has. A lot less than Fangio will claim. Yeah, I would imagine most of them would. <laughs> Maybe not Shermer. I don't know. It's weird to tell his relationship with his his uh, coaching staff based on the media appearances. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're all grabbing dinner after the game. Um, that's for sure. Well, I wonder if he and Scangarello would like look at each other in the hallway after that one uh, or, or, or after was it when he, did Fangio say something specifically to the regards of Scangarello or is he like backing up what Joe Flacco said it was I think it was more of like passively backing up what Joe Flacco said and then there was that 
article that like uh, I think it's like that Jason Lockenfora guy who said some released some sort of article last year about how like people would argue on the headsets. Oh, I don't know. I've never actually heard that. And it was I... it was a it was a very small article that really didn't get a lot of backing. And the guy who wrote it is kind of known to kind of be an over exaggerator. But there was a tiny bit of murmur that there was a little bit of arguing over the headsets and Scangarello being kind of a, you know, a green brand new OC um, kind of got bum rushed over by Fangio a couple of times, which mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Fangio was the head coach, but if you're arguing over the headsets, that's a little awkward, I'm sure. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. Um, I, I am hoping he can figure it out. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm keeping that spark alive that Fangio will figure out, clock management and the other nuances of head coaching that are above coordinating because uh, I want that defense. Can I follow up on that and say, you said you hope, but do you think it will happen? I'm, I'm not I'm not educated enough about coaches to know like what a trajectory looks like other than down. Yeah. Uh, and that's based on recent experience with Vance Joseph and others. Um, so I, I don't know what the like the underlying abilities he might be showing as a head coach are. Like I, I might be completely missing out on those just because I'm, I'm, I'm not well versed in it. That's fair. I just worry that he's another that he's the next Wade Phillips. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. Aaron. Pivot to something. Okay, let's add uh, injury to insult, I guess. Let's go over uh, the dudes who are hurt for the Broncos uh, and a little bit of injury updates here. Uh, we already mentioned A.J. Boye dislocated his shoulder and is going to be on that short-term uh, injured reserve. Devontae Bosby has been promoted from the practice squad to fill in. Philip Lindsay, we touched on, has turf toe. Um I don't think we have a timeline yet for exactly how long Phil's going to be out. I don't think it's officially been determined whether he'll play this week or not. Am I, do you guys know more than I do on that? I heard originally two to three weeks, but then I think Fangio came out recently and said day to day. Okay. On There's a, a little bit note, of hope. On a side note, I think the NFL should keep that short-term IR. I like the system and I like the idea behind it versus like, putting a guy on IR and being gone for the rest of the year or holding a guy on your roster who's hurt when you're, when you're short and other positions, but that's a random, that's another, that's something for later or later discussion. That'll be a fun discussion for after this season. Uh, Mm -hmm. What kind of like, you know, special measures were put in place this year that will or should or shouldn't be kept beyond this year. Um, That's interesting. And it's early enough in the year that I didn't even consider well, the IR thing isn't there. Uh, if if you have it short term like it is, isn't there easy ways to kind of game the the roster system? Yeah, they do. They do it a little bit that in baseball, right? Because baseball's got like a fifteen day IL and a ten day IL, so you can kind of like keep a guy down, bump a guy up, but then you kind of do it, and then so yeah, yes, there's a way to kind of games it, and that kind of makes it, you know 
the person who probably loves this short-term IR the, the most is Bill Belichick because he can just game everything and add a guy here and add a guy there, you know, this, and you could protect guys now. But, like, so, yeah, I'm sure there's definitely weird ways to uh, to game the system for sure. And someone like Belichick would find that way. I'm not so sure the Broncos aren't already doing that uh, in a way that's not not totally unprecedented. But uh, I think yesterday or maybe it was today they announced the signing of linebacker Anthony Chicillo. Chicillo. Oh um, yeah, 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 from the Saints. Yes, and he played for the Steelers for uh, I don't know a handful of years before this year. So yeah, I, I wonder if. Uh, you know, oh, hey, we get all these extra practice squad spots, so uh, we're going to bump somebody down to practice squad, protect them. We're going to grab Chicolo off of the Saints practice squad, and he's going to give us some intel about the Steelers' offense. You know? Maybe. He'll probably say something, don't take, your, don't take your helmet off and swing it at the quarterback. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> generally a good rule. <laughs> probably. Is, is... Just keep your helmet on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, All right, moving through the injuries, there's also Cortland Sutton, who seems like could play this week. Yeah, he's 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 been limited in practice, but that's better than he was last week. Uh, KJ Hamler has no been... practice limitations, right? Nope, full go in practice. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Bowles uh, sprained wait, 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 his wait, elbow. Wait, wait. What, what, just what, what, just what? a quick reminder, like I need you to refresh me on something. Is KJ Hamler also Trayvon Diggs? What? Is KJ Hamler Trayvon Diggs? I just want to just a quick refresh me. No, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Just tell <laughs> me. Just is KJ Hamler Trayvon Diggs? No. Oh damn, that sucks. Okay, who else was on? Who else? What was the injury <laughs> thing you're doing? Garibald sprained his elbow in the game on Monday night. Uh, didn't miss a snap and is wearing a brace now should be fine to go on monday or to jesus sunday aaron working from home's gotten you to you oh yeah yeah, hasn't it i don't know what day is what anymore hey man i hate working from home (laughs) is that all the hurt folk that's all the hurt folk all right aaron i demand the pivot that i've been hoping you you would get to which is talking about the Steelers game. You, you want to talk, talk about, about how terrifying that defense is? You kept, I'm, I want to reprimand you a little bit more. You kept, every time I would say pivot, you'd be like, okay, and let's talk about Vic Fangio's coaching decisions. And you're like, okay, let's pivot. Let's talk about the hurt people. Aaron, pivot to what I want in deep inside. You pivot. You're the host. Am I? Yeah, you're Lear, I'm fool. Do you want to talk about how scary the Pittsburgh defense is? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about how Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are going to eat these tackles alive? You think so? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to happen. When, how quickly do we see Locke's first sack of the year? First drive. Ooh. I'm not, and that's not just like a Yeah, it's, it's negative. Believable. Yeah, it's and it's probably going to be T.J. Watt coming out of Elijah Wilkinson. Yeah, and pass rushers often come out pretty amped up, so it's, that feels is it, real. Is that a drive-ending sack? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but 
here's the deal. You know a defense is good, and then they have that, like, intangible good. When it's the 19th play of a drive, and Bud Dupree is able to get some sort of last gasp of energy to knock Daniel Jones's arm, and then Cam Hayward suddenly gets the vertical jump of a Nikolai Jokic and is able to intercept the ball as it floats in the air. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something – I think that's like there's a little something special about this defense that I'm worried about playing, even – even in front of a, a fanless Heinz Field, it just it scares the bejesus out of me. This is a this is a football podcast, but I I just have to kind of chuckle at at the Nikolai Jokic. <laughs> it's it's Nikola. I know. Also, oh, my bad. He also has no uh, no vertical whatsoever. Right. That's what I'm. That that was the joke. I mean, Cam Hayward doesn't really have a vertical, but he found something. No, oh, I got gotcha. Aaron. Ooh, Aaron. I didn't even know who he was talking about, and I knew the joke. Ooh, Aaron. Ooh, Aaron. Ooh, Aaron. Ooh, Aaron. Ooh, Aaron. Ooh. Okay, yeah, you won. I, yeah, I wore that's... myself out. I, you win. You tuck yourself out on that one. Uh, on Monday night, the Pittsburgh Steelers generated 22 pressures within two and a half seconds from the snap. Is that that's that that's a lot, right? That's number one in the NFL. Number two, it's the LA Chargers and the Washington Football Team, both with 14, and then number four was the Chiefs with 12. So you yeah, think Pittsburgh you think generate a lot. You think they'll maintain that, considering we had a we 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 have a better offensive line? We do, we do have a better offensive line than the Giants do. But I'm I'm just terrified of of the T.J. Watt Elijah Wilkinson matchup. Well, and I I think what will to me the number one way to potentially counter that is to keep Nick Van Nett active and have him kind of be a. Sixth off, uh, uh, an extra offensive lineman to pick and you know could chip at TJ Watt on coming off the edge throughout the game. I think that's oh, that, that's a guarantee. That, yeah, no, I, I I know that's like the sun coming up tomorrow, but I feel like that's got to be the number one thing. That, and maybe that's why you keep Andrew Be- you know, Beck on the team as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I imagine we're gonna see. I don't know much about their secondary, so maybe that's just the plan. Is to okay every tight end out there uh, please Sutton and Judy catch a ball <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, all I know is they have Joe Hayden in the secondary that's the only that's the first name that came to my head but um, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick as well oh, yeah 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 got him um how's Devin Bush been looking his his rookie year in this first game couldn't tell you Yes, yeah, so I couldn't, couldn't tell you. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I, I remember him having really good games. I don't remember if it was a full year of good games, though, uh, last year. Um, but I would imagine, like, he he might be able to neutralize a couple of the eighty tight ends. So yeah, no, I think I mean if you look at his, you know past game tape and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he can be kind of a tight end kryptonite. Hmm. My question my question for you guys is do you think with 
Zach Banner, their right tackle, being gone for the rest of the season with an ACL, our non-existent pass rush can get a little something going? Because I'm... I don't know. We didn't have an entirely non-existent pass rush. Oh, I thought that... uh, I mean, Chubb wasn't 100%, but um, Atauchu had some good pressure early. Um, Chubb had pressure as well. um, And uh, Mike Purcell was... uh, you know, more of a run stopping, but he was a mountain kind of unmovable person. Um, no, I, Jones even had like I'm I'm. It might not have come up as sacks, but uh, the amount of pressures that were created, I was uh, actually pretty happy about. I was yeah, I'm, I was optimistic as fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna bring up the the dreaded PFF again. Uh, Jarrell Casey was the second highest rated interior pass rusher by them last yeah, week what was his rating good. i don't know i just saw that it was the second highest tell me what the number means i hate you i know well it, 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 you guys are right like no doubt and i know i i non-existent was a, probably a strong term but yeah shelby harris drill casey mike purcell they had the interior pretty good the edge was okay at it was okay. It was solid, right? Yes, Atachu got that one sack, and then he probably could have had that other sack that Tannehill was able to get off at kind of a last second. Um, but I, st- I don't think it. It's not a game changing pass rush like we all were pray and praying for it to be and hoping it to be. Um, well, so. and anytime you're going against Ben Roethlisberger, you have to bring the best pass rush that you can bring because he's impossible to bring down. Right. It's like trying to tackle Derrick Henry uh, right. for quarterback. And I think I saw on your guys' Twitter feed that, like, woohoo, Isaiah Irving. That's not going to add any, really not add any fusion of energy to a pass rush. Yeah. And and I think he's technically, I think they put him on practice squad. He's not even on the active 53 right now. Or maybe, I don't know. But I don't yeah, think he's he gonna... I think he was signed to the active roster and then almost immediately uh, bumped down. And I think to get Chicolo, they had to sign him to the active roster so i think that's why gotcha Hmm. all right well those are the specifics kind of of the team we were all concerned about what what do you think this game is going to play out or how do you think this game is going to play out for me i think it depends on uh juju smith schuster's health Mm -hmm. he had six receptions for 69 yards and two touchdowns last week um I I know that I got caught uh, praising the two rookie corners, but I don't I don't really expect them to bottle him up. No. No. Uh, I, I wonder how I wonder how Bosby's going to be because I still maintain that Bosby was put on the practice squad not because he was beaten by um, Devonte Harris as the better corner, but because of Devonte Harris Harris would have been the easier player to push for Ojemudia. So I I kind of expect a better secondary than the post-Boyer secondary we got. Speaking of wide receivers, the Browns just threw a passing touchdown to OBJ. It's now 13-3. I think they're reviewing the touchdown, though.
I, I do like Bosby. I mean, he, until he, I think that was against the Chargers last year where he got that, like, spinal cord bruise, like. Yeah, I, it was the Chargers. I, yeah, he, I, I feel like he showed a lot, and I feel like he is, he, he can be pretty good. I just, I don't think he has the ability to stop a Juju Smith-Schuster. But no, like, and like I'm, I'm, I'm more tepid on Bosby than what, what the gushing I just did might make it seem like. Um, I think he didn't show enough to 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 really form a full opinion on, and I was hesitant uh, on all of the praise he was getting and expectation that he was going to come back and immediately be great. Right, right. But I do think that of the three that were vying for that CB3 spot in training camp, from what I could gather, he was pretty understood to be the best of them. And then Yadam got traded, uh, and... Harris got the job. Uh, I'm not like thinking Bosby is going to come in and be the missing piece that we needed. I think he's going to improve the secondary uh, by definition because uh, I think he's better than Harris. I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think he's leagues above Harris. I just think he is better than Harris. And that I totally agree with. I totally agree, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I just, yeah. I just don't know if that secondary can stop the passing attack of the Steelers. But it'll be super fun. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take all of my preconceptions about this this season being anything other than me watching rookies and second years and young people people on their first contract. It's gonna be just people on their first contract. We see what happens. I do not care for scores. I do not care for stats. I only care for development. And watching a saying Bassey. By the way, yeah. I looked up the uh, pronunciation of his name. It's Isang Bassey. I do not so. care for this. Well, you should probably I only care for watching. <laughs> should probably know how to pronounce your favorite player's name. I only care for for development and watching. That's what. I, okay, Aaron. That's it. I'm no longer. This isn't pessimism from me anymore. It's only watching players grow. I promise. I will. I. It, this is it. That's the end of the depressing, the depressing uh, arc of this season's recap on this podcast. There we go. There we go. We're good. We're a happy, happy show. I think that we're going to see some good shit out of Ojemudia and Bassey. Uh, maybe not great shit, but I think it's going to be good shit for what they've got uh, and what they already bring to the table and their draft pedigree and whatnot. I think Locke's going to have not a full bounce back. I don't think he's ever probably going to show us like a full Texans display this season, but I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to respond well to the pressure uh even though that's not what he did the first game uh i think he's gonna respond well to the pressure they're gonna run him on some more rollouts and he's gonna get that ball to people who will catch it there we go yeah no i'm excited to see i know he may not be 100 percent, but i'm excited for kj hamler uh i i'm assuming they'll probably dress him for the game but uh i mean even if he got one or two deep, deep routes and a lot could try to bomb a ball at him. I, I mean, I think KJ Hamler could be fun to watch and I'm with you. Like if I think this team is geared up to have a really strong 2021, if 2020 ends up being the year where people grow 
and people get better and Locke develops and, you know, really gets a relationship with Sutton and Fant and Judy and maybe sprink Albert, sprinkle in Albert O later in the season. No, I'm with you 100%. I think that the trajectory could be really cool to then turn to 2021 and be like, this team could legit be a, uh, a playoff contender. Yes. And, and I think... Go ahead. And, and I think I think playing the... I think playing against the Steelers can show us more than playing against the Titans. Because even though the Titans made it to the AFC Championship game, I don't think they're the bee's knees. Like, you know, they, I think they probably think they are. I think playing like the Steelers with this defense, with this, you know, veteran offense is more of a could we hold our own kind of a team and kind of a game. And Locke's bombs, they're also going to connect this time. He's not going to overthrow and he's not going to do weird backfoot stuff. That's what's going to happen. He'll get, he'll get, he'll have two really nice bucket drops over 23 yards. If we I see this version of the of the Broncos that you're predicting, I am super down for it. Mm-hmm. Only optimism from now on. I have to be the counterweight to uh, me from two hours ago. <laughs> and I'm okay if it, this is the if, if if the Broncos you describe are the Broncos that happen, even if the game doesn't go our way. Like you said, it's. Not- I still expect a loss. Yeah. <laughs> Optimism only goes so far. <laughs> oh no, it doesn't wins and losses I do not care for. They do not exist. It is only development. It is only during game is the only time that exists. There is no pre or post game. There is only game and development. And, and Coach Fangio is gonna be able to manage the clock and use his timeouts effectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's gonna stand up straight the whole time. He's, He's gonna- <laughs> yeah he's gonna he's gonna remind himself he's going to he's gonna have some kind of little physical uh mnemonic device gesture to remind himself that he's got timeouts he's gonna like scrape his thumb against his inner index finger goes like oh oh, right when that happens i have to count how many timeouts i have (laughs) if we can i have to be considerate of of what's going on time wise and what's going on timeout wise yeah all of this is going to happen all of this is going to happen and, and, and no holding penalties for bulls. No holding penalties for bulls. They're probably going to pull up um, the practice squad running back, right? We'll see a couple nice flashes from him. It'll make people feel very conflicted inside about Philip Lindsay and his future. Uh, and all of this is going to happen, I promise. But we'll be 0 2. Yeah, 0 2. But uh, I care not for <laughs> numbers, I care only for what I see. Do you have a drink of choice you'll be consuming during this game that will help you see this way? Capra Sun. Cool. Quality. Quality. Uh, yeah, I like my watered-down juice to also taste like um, uh, water fountain metal. That's my a very favorite. good way to describe that. That's a very good, very apt description of uh, Capri Sun. Yeah, yeah, I just said it wrong on purpose. It made you <laughs> think about it. I gaslit you. Well, yeah. Fair enough. I've, I've never gotten that to work before, but it makes me so happy that you fell for it. Uh, I was only pretending to be stupid. Oh, we forgot the most blatant positive of the game. <gasps> Tell me. Sam Martin. Sam Martin. No, wait. No, I'm negative again. <laughs> no, it's over. 
promises <laughs> all rescinded. Um, this is this is. I have just such a deep hatred of Tom McMahon at this point. Um, never has anybody just been a lucky idiot, uh, <laughs> which is so much like Tom McMahon. How he he keeps getting decent special teams players, and and I guess that's all it takes to be a special teams coach because he keeps getting hired. Uh, I, like he took he took Marquette King and was like, no, you're kicking wrong. Like, what do you mean Marquette King's kicking wrong? Like, I know he's a handful and a personality, but you don't tell Marquette King he's kicking wrong. He was the one who kicks. Uh, and then the thing about punters, like being on a four year plan and the thing even recently in the last week, he said something about like special teams players need at least two years before they they start to figure things out like yeah that sounds super convenient for you um mm, like sam martin seemed to be a real good punter he seemed to do some stuff that i haven't seen a, a, a broncos punter do since what dixon's one good year i don't know um we joe jones is an excellent special teams guy seems like there's gunners on the team now seems that there is uh, a wealth of potential receivers on the team even though spencer is probably just going to be it um all of these things i feel like tom mcmahon sucks ass and i'm upset that he kept getting work and kept staying on the broncos and kept saying dumb shit like four and two year plans i mean i'd still take tom mcmahon over brock Odebo true that is true <laughs> and i mean uh i will admit i listen to pat mcafee show a lot and the dude loves tom mcmahon so i'm a well i hear a lot of tom mcmahon know, uh, kool-aid on the old pat mcafee show uh peyton manning loves adam gase so who knows <laughs> touche 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 but obviously i was being very sarcastic about the same martin but i was very happy and Sam Martin will pin the Steelers back a couple times, and that'll also be a positive on on Sunday. That will um, be nice. I like Sam Martin for almost as dumb of a reason as Uppercut likes the Broncos. What'd his, you say? His jersey color? Almost as dumb. <laughs> I uh, I had a, a teacher in middle and high school whose name was Sam Martin, and it just uh, just tickles me that we have a football player, even if it is only a punter, with the same name. Because, think, oh, continue. I'm sorry, Mr. Martin was an old dude with a goofy goatee. <laughs> I think statistically, you had like three teachers named Sam Martin. Statistic, statistically, my name is Sam Martin. We're just gonna let that joke hang. Is that what <laughs> yep. we're gonna? Is that how we're gonna treat that one? That really good statistics <laughs> and being a boring name joke. We're just gonna let it hang. Okay. I guess all the other jokes also just did nothing. Never mind. Aaron Pivot. All right, score predictions for this weekend. You guys ready for that? Oh, I think it's going to be bad. How bad do you think it's going to be? I think I think the Steelers reach 30 and I mm, I think maybe the Broncos get two touchdowns. I think maybe the Broncos get 16. I was thinking 31-17. I'm sorry. I thought 16. I don't remember. 14. 
Yeah, I'm thinking 31-17 Steelers. That sounds, yeah. I think it'll be close at the beginning, kind of like the Monday night game against the Giants, but they'll pull away in the middle to late third quarter. Aaron? I think I'll go... I think I'm going to go 27-17. Steelers win it. (laughs) That's your little bit of hope. I I don't think... Keeps it under 30. Keeps it under 30. (laughs) They only put up 26 last week. And I don't know much about the Giants, but I just get the feeling that they're an all-around worse team than we are. Probably true. Probably true. I mean... Oh, it's going to be super interesting uh, being able to compare uh, Daniel Jones, also statistically my name, uh, and Drew Locke. See how they handle it. Compare oh, those com- compa- comparatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the, I think Drew Locke will end up having probably a better game than Daniel Jones did, though. I, 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 I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean. I think all three of us hope so, but I... I, They they also had zero semblance of a running game. Do we think that Gordon and perhaps Freeman and I don't remember the practice squad uh, player's name, uh, do we think that they're going to have anything? Because I know they had a terrible run game because I have Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram in fantasy, and I know what happened to them. Saquon had, what, six yards? He came out, I think, combined. They had just barely a double-digit positive yardage combined. I think we'll probably have a better running game against them than, than that, for sure. When you take Gordon Freeman, I think Bellamy is that practice squad running back. Um, yeah, 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 Bellamy. And because I think overall our offensive line is better than the Giants, um, especially the, yeah. the guards in the center position. Yeah, Saquon... Saquon had 15 attempts for six yards. Uh, so I sure as hell hope that our backs do better than that. Uh, I, I think that that's going to be mostly on the offensive line. Because I don't think any of our backs are anywhere close to as good as Saquon Barkley is. Sure. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well... Do we want to try a real positive? Do we want, or just, well, actually, how do you think the season's going to go out, Luke? You know, so in, in, in a 100% reality, I've been thinking about this season, and to me, I'm 100% on the bandwagon where, to me, losses, wins and loss record doesn't matter. They, but it's we this, care not for them, right, Luke? I we care, care not for the wins and losses, but I, yeah. I do care for the solidification of the quarterback position. That to me is the most important thing. Locke's got six games under six career games under his belt. I think overall he's light years ahead of Paxton Lynch. He's light years ahead of Trevor Simeon. He, you know, I think even comparative to young quarterbacks, I would take Locke over Darnold, Locke over Mayfield, Locke over Jones, over Haskins, over you know, you know, maybe not over Kyler Murray right now, but you know that's a product of. Ke- Kingsbury and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, overall. But I think if, if, if we can walk out of the 2020 season going, you know what, we got a, we got a quarterback um, and some of the other small little nitpicky things kind of figured it out. Judy flashes, KJ Hamler flashes, 
Bradley Chubb starting to look healthy again. Ojemudier kind of grows his own. Then I think it's a good. I think it's a good season because I think the Broncos' twenty twenty one season can be a legit season when it comes to win loss record. But when it comes to the growth of the team, if you can walk out of here and say, "Hell yeah, Drew Locks the motherfucking quarterback in Denver," then I think it's a good season. I bring a late update that the Bengals scored a touchdown. It's now 10-14. But yeah, that's that's how I feel about the season. I'm right there with you, man. I got <laughs> nothing else to say. You 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 summed it up great. Did we lose uppercut? I hope not. Oh, I paused so I could type, or I muted so I could type, and then I was talking. I was talking at you guys, and then I'm so sad. Um, I do feel a little bit, since we seem to be winding down, or have wound down on the football talk to some extent, like, I, I feel like I need to apologize to Luke a little bit for the low-energy Doomer, Doomer episode. I feel like this wasn't the greatest introduction to me as a live wire uh pseudo heel anti-hero of the podcast no man i it's it is it's kind of a down it is kind of downer because i don't think we know none of us know what we have right like mm -hmm. we think we think we know what we got and we've seen flashes but like that's a pretty debbie fucking downer game because you we you think you had it and it really was just a couple dumb decisions here or there. So I, I hey, I, I'm, I'm Debbie Downer. I mean, I won my fantasy league and I won my pick'em league that this week. So that's the positive. <laughs> that's a personal positive. But yeah, no, I, I think if what we said of the Broncos showing promise, but maybe not winning the Steelers, then beating the Steelers, then I'll definitely be positive even going into the Tampa Bay game, which is going to be another potentially tough opponent. But I think if the Broncos show promise against the Sunday then I think you can turn up the positivity a little bit. Hmm. Yes, I like it. Hopefully you can maybe come back uh, once a win has happened and we can see what a lively episode feels like. Hey, I'll, I, I appreciate the invite. And whenever you guys uh, need a goofy guy to fill in that rambles on a lot, I can, I can uh, I gladly call on him. Oh, you have not even begun to ramble, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate that. We have not had even ramblers. <laughs> Um, I feel like I feel like I have enough knowledge to where I can kind of hold my own, but you guys definitely know what you're talking that's about. That's like that's like the the unspoken motto of the show. Yeah, just have like enough I, to talk about. Yeah, just just enough to just enough, just enough to justify doing it. I feel like that's the that's the Denver Broncos right there. Hopefully, we just have just enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. We can. We should probably just cut the feed immediately with that laughter. <laughs> um, but no, I've had a real good time. Well, that's a lie. Um, we, there has been time that we have spent talking with each other, and I appreciate that it happened. Um, Aaron, you do an outro. Okay, Luke, uh, give us that. Uh, give us that Twitter handle for you. Yeah. So if you want to follow my. Uh... My wild takes. Uh, I'm uh, Luke at, at Luke CSU 2013. Um, with no, I'm a, I'm a, with no Colorado State football going on. Pretty much all my Twitter, Twitter's about the 
the Broncos. So yeah, follow me at Luke CSU 2013 and we'll sit back, relax and enjoy the 2020 season together. Hey Luke, you know what CU and CSU students have in common? Yeah, man, we all got into state. They all got accepted to CSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know, I know, hey, hey, hey. I, you want to know I, a secret, Luke? Yeah. I, I didn't get accepted to either. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. I, I work, <laughs> I work, at, I, I work at School of Mines. There's no way I would have gotten into School of Mines if I was going to college. So I feel you. I don't know right. what you guys talking about. Fucking mountain people, blabbering on with their acronyms. I have no idea. Hey, hey, did you uh, did you hear what the CU football player got on his SAT? What was it? Drool. (laughs) Jeez, I feel like there's some socioeconomic like undertones to that joke. I'm not comfortable with. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's supposed to be socioeconomic. It's just. It's the fun rivalry of CU CSU, but I know no, I've called the... you out. I've called you out, man. No, you're going no. down. Nah, you're no. going down. It's One just the... the Rocky Mountain Showdown. That's all it is. Which, which for me, the last five years have been the Rocky Mountain letdown. So hey, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Once again, that is at Luke CSU 2013. Make sure to follow the show at Broncos Sub Pod, and make sure to keep a, an ear to the ground. And we're going to be doing a post-game show again after the Broncos-Steelers game on Sunday. Thankfully, not in the middle of the night. So, uh, look forward to hearing from you guys then. Keep an eye out for a link to the Discord if you want to hop in and call into that reaction show. Um, that's all I got. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. Howdy, um...